clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker. And this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super fired up um, about today's show. Listen, this past weekend, um, I had a really good time at, with my church, the brothers at my church. We just did a uh, men's retreat uh, with my church where we went away to a hotel resort, uh, just men and young men. And we worshiped God and edified one another. We had a bunch of sessions and and things of that nature. And um, I had the opportunity of serving the young men and um, the teenagers and young men. And man, it was just a wonderful time in the Lord and just breaking bread with with different brothers and hearing their stories and and things of that nature, man. Um, It was amazing to see where God has brought so many uh, brothers from and and what God was presently and is presently doing uh, in their life. And so, man, I'm super excited about that. Um, but I'm over the weekend and, and I always talk about these type of things on the show, how it's so important for us as Christians to have a solid foundation in God's word for ourselves and just having dialogues with different uh, brothers and and different people even outside of this weekend um, as well as um, just paying attention to pop culture there are so many philosophies ideologies and teachings that are coming against the gospel of Jesus Christ And so we as Christians, man, we have to know what we believe and why we believe what we believe. And 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 listen, man, we don't our faith doesn't require a blind faith like history actually um, and, and science actually points to the Bible being true, you know, but we have so much um bad information and bad teaching in the internet age a lot of arguments and false doctrine that has been debunked over the years is finding its way back to the surface because you have a new generation of internet users who who are just ignorant uh to the things of the bible and and a lot of this false information is presented as something new a new revelation or whatever but it's really just a lie from the pit of hell and so um i made this song denial um my my new single denial which is going to be on my upcoming album which drops next year but the single is available now i made this song denial because i believe that we are in a climate in our culture where there is so much division where um, injustice and p- politics and race has has become such a focal point in our society where you have everyone pointing the finger at each other, but no one is repenting. And so in this song, Denial, 
it's not necessarily meant to be, hey, this is the case closed on this topic, but it's meant to give uh, give the solution to what's wrong in our culture today. And also it's meant to spark dialogue amongst us as believers, because I believe that much of the division that we see in the world has unfortunately made its way in the church where you have black Christians um, uh, separated from white Christians. You have that divide and um, there's a lack of empathy, I believe, on both sides. There's a lack of understanding and patience and forbearing one another in love uh, on both sides when really we're all on the same side. We're going to be worshiping God, the same God in heaven. We're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I think, unfortunately, the narrative of Christianity being the white man's religion or all of these pro-black movements and theologies have gained steam in this climate because um, the church um, doesn't many of us in the church don't have a solid biblical foundation um, when it comes to reconciliation and love. And so um, I'm going to be playing in the upcoming segment. I'm going to be playing a snippet, a snippet, excuse me, from uh, the rapper T.I.'s podcast where he has a special guest, Charlemagne de God, on his show and um, another gentleman. I don't know his name. Um, but they're talking about Christianity and their view of Christianity and how they believe the Bible has contradictions and how they believe um, Christianity has been used for white supremacy and how it's the white man's religion and um, how can Jesus be God if he prayed to the Father and if God the Father is God. And so I want to deal with these points in the next segment because these just these few points I've seen a lot of people actually walk away from Christianity and these are arguments um, that are often used for why some people or a lot of people have walked away from Christianity along with other things but again I think it's so important for us as Christians to know what we believe man to study to show ourselves approved. But listen, what I want to do is I want to jump into the featured song for this episode, which is my song, Denial. Uh, make sure you guys download it, stream it. Um, also, um, you guys can write in to pathofrevelationnow.com if you want to donate and sow to the ministry. My cash app is Gabriel T. Parker. Of course, the funds will be going right back into Path of Revelation for sponsoring ads, producing music, more shows. And listen, I want to thank everyone who has donated thus far. You mean the world to me. It, it goes a long way. But listen, let's hop into the featured song, Denial. Testify. Testify. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Don't be ashamed. Denial. 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 We love our lust. Save us from us. You can't tell us nothing. You can't tell us nothing. We're in denial. We love our lust. 
save us from us Don't matter the color, you're in denial I hate we hate police brutality, but okay with abortion Glorify black on black casualties, but at funerals mourning I hate we blame white people for slave trade But those of the same shade First sold us on slave raids To the white men without Christ, we're all played So don't embrace lies, cause your race was victimized We're not innocent in God's eyes March protests for black lives Why ignore Planned Parenthood's genocide But it's wrong to say it's all I thought we living in it Some just preach the gospel while denying white privilege Let's talk public housing, is it bad time? Whites and power segregated, that's my redlining Keep it, control the wealth, and keep the blacks wild And my difference between crack and power convictions are astounding And if you think I'm dwelling on the past, not the case Sin isn't black or white, but human race We love our lust, save us from us I'm trying to paint a picture you can't here tell nothing. You can't tell nothing. We're in denial This not a man that we doesn't need Jesus save us Whether black or white us. Red, yellow, no matter the color, we all need him. We're in denial. We're in denial about our fallen state. Pointing out other sins to prove we are saints. None righteous, no, not one ever since Adam ate. Of the fruit, humanity's been addicted to the taste. But it's crazy how we compare our sins on a scale. Like if mine's is less than yours, I'll escape hell. Comparing sin like God only hates it in large amounts. We'll be just in heaven, just and have an angel kick us out. I had a vision of hell and it was frightening. A clan member and black activist crying. I saw conservative, liberal, and left and right wing. They were in so much pain, they were no longer fighting. They had a vision of heaven and saw the same group. The difference, they were worshiping Jesus in spirit and in truth Despite differences, they all needed the lamb slain To save them from themselves and out of hell's flames Save us from us We need your touch Your touch you make us whole God Save us from us We need your touch You make us whole God No more denial So listen, I want to deal with a few comments that were made on T.I., one of T.I.'s recent podcast episodes featuring uh, Charlemagne the God, where they were talking about their views on Jesus and Christianity. And so what I want to do, I want to play a few clips from this particular uh, interview. There was so much in this interview, and, there, and, and I'm going to just be honest, there was so much bad information in this interview. Um, and this is why it's so important to not just follow people because they're celebrities. Just because someone has a, a huge following and has influence does not mean that what they're saying is true. And so it's important for us to not be naive and think that's the case. Like even Satan um, deceived one third of the angelic host to follow him. <laughs> and he was dead wrong. And so we have to be vigilant as Christians. And and, and we like I said in the previous um, segment um, is that we have to study to show ourselves approved. But I want to play a few clips from this um, 
from this pod TI's podcast featuring Charlemagne the God. And I want to respond to each clip that I play. Um, so I don't own the rights to any of the this audio, but here's the first audio. You know what exactly. I'm With the but but in the Bible it said earthly it's there slaves should fear their earthly masters. Yeah, well we know that was that's why, you know some love that's why. So the scripture that Charlemagne is quoting from is found in Ephesians chapter six, where it talks about slaves obey your masters. But I want to be clear about something, about two things, make two important points when it comes to slavery and as it relates to the Bible. The first point is that context matters. It is true that slave owners used scripture, but slave owners took scripture out of context to manipulate slaves. When we see slavery in the Bible, there are there is more than one type of slavery found in the Bible. Not all slavery is referring to the type of slavery that we as black people experienced in the transatlantic slave trade. The Bible actually condemns that form of slavery. In the Bible, we have different types of slavery. We have uh, a slavery that is more of a bond servant type of slavery which is found in the Old and New Testament. And basically, as a bondservant, um, you would have a poor family or a poor individual to go work for a wealthy family uh, in exchange for shelter, food, and wages. And, and so they had an agreement. The, um, but in this, in this context, the master or the employer wasn't um, allowed to mistreat the slave. Um, there are instances in the Old Testament where, where slaves were actually um, able to accumulate wealth. And so when we read slave in the Bible, um, it is important that we factor in context because without context uh, when you just read slave slavery or slave um, a lot of times what ha the mistake that is made is we equate it to what we're familiar with as it relates to the transatlantic slave trade and so when we see things like Paul say, um, saying I'm a slave unto the Lord Jesus Christ um, that is a willful submission to the law of Christ. That is a willful um, submission to the things of the Lord. And so I want to read Ephesians chapter six, verse five through nine, because, you know, um, Charlemagne left out the full context of, of the scripture that he was quoting um, in Ephesians chapter six, verse five through nine. It says, bond servants obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ not by the way of eye service as people pleasers 
but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Now, here's the part where that Charlemagne left out in verse nine. It says, masters, do the same to them <laughs> and stop your threatening. Know that he who is both their master and yours in heaven and that there is no partiality or favoritism with him. In other words, there's no favoritism with God. So in this scripture, Paul is charging us to serve our earthly masters or in other words, leadership, those in rulership over us um, as unto the Lord. In other words, our service to our earthly leaders or, or masters, uh, it could be employers, it could be your parents, it could be uh, pastors, whoever has rulership over you. He's saying when you serve them, serve them as unto the Lord. Your service to them is a reflection of your submission to Christ. And then he charges them, hey, masters, uh, those in authority, treat your servants right. Treat those who are under you right. It says do the same to them. And so this is not what we see happening uh, in, with white supremacy and, and those who are racist who claim to be Christians. And here's the thing. We those who are pro black and against Christianity, they often point out the fact um, or point out, make the point of how uh, white supremacist slave owners and the KKK used scripture to manipulate slaves. But the part that they often ignore or leave out is the fact that the same Bible that um, white supremacists used to manipulate black people or slaves was the same Bible that motivated many Christian abolitionists to fight for the freedom of black people. And so on one end, we have a group of people manipulating the scriptures. And then we have another uh, group of people who are being motivated by the, by the same scriptures to fight for freedom. And so my question is whose interpretation of the scriptures is correct. <laughs> like when we look at individuals like Nat Turner, uh, William Wilberforce, these were, these were professing, these were Christians who, when they read the scriptures, they saw that the God of the Bible was actually against slavery and that the scriptures were being manipulated. When we look at the progress, and I said this, I believe, on the last show or one of the last shows, when we look at the, the progress of African-Americans in this country, we can't ignore the fact that much of the progress that was made by African-Americans in this country is accredited to the civil rights movement, which was led by Christians. 
much of the civil rights movement was led by African-American preachers and pastors. And of course, we can go into details of things and, and find flaws and things of that nature. But the God of love and, and the, um, the God of forgiveness and mercy and justice of the Bible is what motivated the civil rights movement. And many of us enjoy many of the free of the freedoms today that are the result of black people who were inspired by the, the Jesus of the Bible. And so, man, I, I believe that we have to look at history as a whole, because here's what's happening. These these narratives come to only bring more division and really what I'm noticing is all of these different movements that are rising up in different ideologies, they always come after Christianity. They always come to to misrepresent Christianity. And it's not and it's not right. It, it's like this. If I go rob a bank <laughs> and I and 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 you didn't you didn't have anything to do with it. But I rob the bank and I go in and say and I get arrest, I get caught after robbing the bank. And when they interrogate me and question me, I say that you sent me, even though you had nothing to do with it. It doesn't mean that you actually sent me or you had something to do with it just because I said you did. And this is what happens with Christ all of t all the time. People do things in the um, motivated by the devil, motivated by the devil and his demons, and they attach Jesus name to it. Things like slavery. <laughs> and so we have to learn what the book actually says. We have to learn what the, um, the context. And one of the things as I was listening to the interview with T.I. and Charlemagne, there was context. Um, I don't mind someone disagreeing with my position. I don't I don't mind. I don't I don't mind. Well, I do mind because I want to see everybody saved. But at least if someone is going to disagree with my position, I at least want them to represent my position correctly. You should you know, you understand what I'm saying? I at least want you to actually know what I believe and not um represent my beliefs falsely and that's what i heard in this interview a lot of that but i want to play the next audio and then i'm going to respond to that so here's the next audio hey, like don't the, be that guy the wildest thing you about jesus saying? to me is i don't know how jesus became god over god like, like See, I, that, that, because i don't like, understand wait that. a minute now this is the thing because another inconsistency in the bible it says uh i god is a jealous god that's right you can't serve two masters. Two, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, if God is a jealous God, and but Christianity is telling, say, the only way to God is through Jesus. Yes. See that? Don't see. I don't. Is that's a contradiction? I don't get it. You serve two. You serve yeah. two masters. Are, are people saying Jesus is God? Like I, I, I thought God was the Father. Jesus was the Son. If you're a scumbag, you can. You. So how is Jesus God? Did Jesus become God, as Charlemagne asked? If Jesus is God, why do we see him praying 
to the Father who is God. If Jesus is God and the Bible says that there's only one God, why do we see Jesus? Why do we see the scripture saying that Jesus is the way to God? Let me answer these questions for you. Let me clear something up. If we look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, and I want to make something clear. We as believers, as Christians, we believe that we believe the Bible is true. We believe that there is only one God, but we believe that the scriptures communicate to us that there, that there is one God, but three persons in this one substance or of one essence, three persons of one essence. So in other words, of one God. So when we see scriptures like Jesus saying the Father and I are one, we don't believe that's just figurative. We believe that is literal. The Father and Jesus are literally one. And so when, when we look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, referring to Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now that is important. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, it's saying it's not wrong for Jesus to consider himself God because he is God. It's not robbery. It would be wrong for me to say I'm the president and I'm not the president. But in this case, it's not wrong for for us to claim that Jesus is God because he is God, as the scriptures say. So it says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Here's here's another important part. Verse seven, but made himself of no reputation in the ESV. It says he emptied himself. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So in other words, God became a man. And when God became a man, it says he he made himself of no reputation or in other words, he emptied himself. What that means is and, and when we read in scriptures, because people are like, how can Jesus be God? And the scriptures say that he he grew in knowledge and wisdom. How can you be God? Yet you have to grow in knowledge and wisdom. If you're God, you should have all knowledge and wisdom. But the Bible says he made himself of no reputation. In other words, Jesus being 100% God and 100% man, he suppressed his deity. He, sub he suppresses his deity and subjects himself to the human experience. He subjects himself to the human experience so he can be tempted as we are. As Hebrews 4 and verse 15 through 16, uh, verse 4 and 15 says, he, he was tempted as we were tempted, yet without sin. How could God in human flesh be tempted unless he unless he suppresses his, his deity? 
because God can't be tempted with evil as the Bible says so Jesus being God had to suppress his deity to subject himself to our human experience to fulfill the law as the Bible says he fulfilled the law and as a result um, of him fulfilling the law he was able to be the perfect sacrifice for our sin this is Bible 101 so it says in verse 7 but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross so Jesus never had to become God he was always God he pre-existed before time he's not a God he's he's the true and living God manifested in the flesh here's what what Jesus say and, th and this goes to the fact uh, to the point that I just made of of him suppressing his deity we already read that it says that he was equal with God the Father John 17 and 5 says this about Jesus this is how we know one of the scriptures that lets us know that Jesus never had to become God he's always been God he pre-existed before time in John 17 verse 5 this is Jesus talking. He says, and now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. <laughs> and so what he's praying here, because his mission is complete, he's, at, he's praying to the Father to restore him back to the glory or the or or to his full nature that 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 was before the world existed so Jesus is God when we look at John chapter 1 John chapter 1 verse 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God so we see a duality yet is one. The same was in the beginning with God. And then if we go down to verse 14 and it says, and the word who is God was made flesh, referring to Jesus and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth when we look at the word begotten for the only begotten son or um, the begotten of the father that word begotten translates to unique one or one of a kind the reason why Jesus is the unique one or one of a kind because he's God there's none like him and so when we say that Jesus is God we hold to the fact that there is one God but we hold to the truth that these three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, all 100% God, though three distinct persons are of one essence. And I get it. It's, it's, it's hard to grasp and, 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 and a bit of a mystery. 
But just because we don't fully grasp something doesn't mean that it's not true. <laughs> and that's 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 an important rule of thumb. So, yes, Jesus is fully God. And he is one with the father and they are of one essence. There is one God. Let me hop into the next audio. The biggest uh, problem, the, the, the biggest problem I got with Christianity, man, as long as you got black people worshiping a white Jesus, you will never ever truly rebel against your oppressors because when you see them, you see God. That's a Ooh. fact. You know what I'm saying? That's like fact. that's what I see today. You look at that case today, the the, the whole Amber oh, Geiger yeah, situation, yeah, and you got horrible. you got one policewoman rubbing her hair. You got the judge Yo, getting off the bench crazy. to hug her. You got the, the the brother saying, "I don't want you to go to jail." What is that? I never that's, seen that in my life. That is what happens when you worship white Jesus. Because mm. he said, "I want you to know Jesus." You can't, Stockholm syndrome. Yes, you can't stand to see a white Stockholm woman uncomfortable, syndrome. a white person uncomfortable. Like, you know what Stockholm syndrome is? No. See, these are the type of conversations that paint the white man as the devil. <laughs> Listen, the white man is not the devil. I know what a lot of Hebrew Israelites believe. They believe that the white man is the devil and 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 that he is he is the oppressor and and things of that nature. And listen, I'm not denying the fact that the image of white Jesus has been used for white supremacy. It most definitely has. But listen, Jesus ethnicity does not matter uh, in terms of when it comes to our salvation. Of course, salvation is of the Jews. And we know the purpose of Israel was to be priests to 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 um, to the nations and to bring forth the Messiah. But Jesus ethnicity doesn't save us. His blood saves us. That's the point I'm making. His blood saves us. And here's another reality. All men are sinners. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But a lot of times these this type of dialogue or rhetoric leads to people rejecting Christ. It leads to um, black people viewing the white man as the enemy. And here's the reality. The Bible says, and, and this is has to be our understanding as Christians, especially black Christians, because in this climate, I there is such a pull on us to view white people as the enemy. But here's the reality. We as Christians, we have to fight for unity amongst our brothers and sisters. We have to fight for unity um, and this is both ways. This goes to white Christians, yellow Christians. We have to fight for unity amongst each other. Why? Because we're 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 family. We serve the same God. We we're, we're going to be in heaven worshiping together. We're on the same team. And so we have to forbear one another in love, as the Bible says. We have to display patience. We have to display empathy and seek to understand but a lot of times these this type of rhetoric creates a division and is demonic because it seeks to make man the enemy. And the Bible says we don't war against flesh and blood, but against evil principalities. That's Bible. And yeah, I know that the enemy uses men. 
the enemy influences men. But as Christians, we have to understand that there is an unseen realm that's influencing the scene. We have to get back to prayer. We have to get back to interse intercession. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I believe a lot of the things that we're seeing are are prevalent because Christians aren't praying. We have to get back to intercession and praying that God moves in the hearts of men and women. And it has to start in our own heart. Revival has to start in our hearts, in our homes. But Jesus died for all men. But there are different cults raise, rising up like the Hebrew Israelites and different um, religions that are pro-black that says the white man is the devil, but that is demonic. If we look at Acts chapter 26... For, for those who hold to the Hebrew Israelite theology and believe that the white man is the devil and that Esau, God hates Esau. Well, if we look at Acts chapter 26, we see King Agrippa, who is a white man. And actually, King Agrippa is a descendant of Esau. So, in, in technically, he is an Edomite. He is the white man. Yet in Acts 26, we see Paul ministering and hoping that this Esau or Edomite become saved. Verse 27 says this, and this is Paul. Paul is sharing his testimony in the court and he's a prisoner. He's, he's sharing his testimony before before King Agrippa and the whole court, which I would imagine was also full of white people. And King Agrippa responds and said, and he, and he says this to King Agrippa in verse 27, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? Now, he just shared his testimony and how the Lord saved him. He just stood before them and said he talked about how he used to hate Christians, how he was persecuting the church. But the Lord radically saved him. And in verse 27, he says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? He says, I know that you believe. Verse 28. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? In other words, are you trying to persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul responds in verse 29. And Paul said, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these change. In other words, he says, I want you to become a Christian like I am. Except I don't want you guys to be in chains like I am right now. But yes, I want you to be saved. I want you to come into salvation in Christ like I did. And so we see Paul, who is a Jew. Desiring. King Agrippa, who is the white man, who is Esau, who is an Edomite, desiring, a Jew desiring that Esau be saved. 
man, that shatters, that shatters the whole, the white man is the devil theology. This story right here shatters that. It's a doctrine of demons. Verse uh, Galatians chapter three, verse 28 through 29 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ or if you belong to Christ, then are you Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise? Listen, it doesn't matter your race, your ethnicity or your background. If you are in Christ, that is your identity. Christ, our identity in Christ trumps everything. It trumps. It doesn't mean that we deny our ethnicity or that we can't sub celebrate our culture. Like I'm proud to be a black man. I'm proud of my my African-American culture and 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 I'm proud of the uh, cultural aspects of being black. But my identity is in Christ. I don't exalt my blackness above Christ. I don't exalt my my ethnicity and my culture above Christ. And, and this is what is happening with a lot of Christians. Um, and, it's, and, and it's not just black Christians, but it's white Christians. It's Christians exalt finding their identity in their political parties, their ethnicity, and they're exalting these things above Christ. But we have to repent. This ought not be. So whether there is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither Democrat or Republican, there's neither slave nor free, there's no, there is no, no male and female for you are all one in Christ. Listen, Christ is our identity. And so we see Paul writing in first Corinthians chapter nine, verse 19 through 23. He says, and, and he's writing this because he's on, he's being evangel, he, he's having an evangelistical mindset. He's trying to win people for Christ. And he says this, he says, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant or slave to all that I might win more of them. He says to the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews to those under the law. I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law to those outside of the law. I became as one outside of the law, not being outside of the law of God, but under the law of Christ that I might win those outside of the law to the weak. I became weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessings. Man, we have to become gospel minded. We have to become Christ centered. We can't find our identity in things that are going to perish. We can't find our identity in things outside of Christ, because when we do, 
What separates us from the world? We are called to be different. Jesus said, if you if you put if you put your your mother above him, your your father above him, your your children above him, your wife above him, your your siblings above him. He says, you're not worthy of the kingdom. Christ has to be number one in our lives as Christians. And so we have to be careful who we're listening to. And I say this all the time. This is why the show, the slogan of the show is where the culture meets scripture. Because my goal is to put a biblical lens to culture. But so often we who profess Christ are are allowing culture to influence us more than the Bible. And so we we have the, the culture as our lens and we see everything, including the Bible, through culture instead of seeing culture through the lens of the Bible. And so instead of loving our enemies, praying for them who despite despitefully use us. We're, we're seeking revenge. Some of us don't want peace. We want revenge. Some of us don't even want reconciliation. We want revenge because we have unforgiveness in our hearts. We have bitterness in our hearts. But but Jesus said, if you don't forgive them, I'm not going to forgive you before my father in heaven. We are different than the world. We are to be in the world, not of the world. And so it doesn't matter how many followers or how big somebody's following is or how big their platform is. If it is not in line with scripture, we reject it. It's time for us to come higher. God is calling us higher saints. It's time to go deeper in prayer. It's time to go deeper in our word. It's time to go deeper in our consecration. And the word, the word says, come out from among them and be ye separate. How can we be lights and we think like them? How can we be lights and we talk like them? How can we be lights and we live like them? There has to be a difference. We are not our own. If you truly believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, your life is not your own. For you were bought with a price. It is time for us to examine ourselves to see if we are truly in the faith. I don't want to be the person who goes to church, who says, Lord, Lord, but stand before him in judgment when I die. And he say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I don't want to have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. I want Christ to be formed in me. 
And that is my prayer for you, that Christ be formed in you. That Christ be formed in you. And so we have to deny ourselves. We have to deny everything that's foreign to God's will. I'm reminded of the scripture. I believe it's 2 Corinthians 10, 4. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ and pulling it into subjection to the things of Christ and revenging all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We have to cast down imaginations. We can't just let thoughts that are foreign to God's will or ideologies that are foreign to God's will marinate in our hearts or on our mind. We have to be renewed in our mind. This is why Romans chapter 12, verse one says, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. We cannot prove what the will of God is if we're not renewing our mind with the word. I love you guys. Be encouraged. Make sure you guys share this show with somebody. And again, man, I love you guys. You've been tuned in to the Path of Revelation podcast. And this is where the culture meets scripture.